Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Okay, and here we are today. We're talking with David Essel. He's number one best-selling author, counselor, master life coach international speaker and minister whose mission is to positively affect 2 million people or more every day in every area of life, regardless of their current circumstances. That's awesome. So welcome. <laughs> Ryan, great to be with your program, brother. This is perfect for everything that's going on. I am psyched to have you here. Um, let's just jump right into that. So we're obviously we're dealing with this, the coronavirus in, in every aspect of life. We just talked before we hit record. And my business is shut down. I'm in Pennsylvania. All businesses are shut down. Um, and nobody knows what to do with their sales. Um, people with anxiety, uh, which is me, which is almost anybody in my in my direct vicinity at, at work or home life, uh, things like this that pop up that aren't the normal everyday life that, that kind of is throwing different things at you, it brings on more anxiety. What would, what would you say to somebody like that? Wow, you know, when random events happen, and this is one of the biggest random events we could ever imagine that, that the world maybe has ever faced, right? I mean, we have to be really serious about how serious this is. Uh, this isn't like something that's affecting a few cities or a few countries. This is affecting our entire world. Anxiety, first of all, let me say this, is a normal part of the human experience. I think this is really important for people to know. It's okay to be anxious. It's just not okay to get stuck in the anxiety. And so what does that mean? It's like I ask our clients all the time, Ryan, to write down what they feel anxious about. I feel anxious about finances. I feel anxious about my parents that have immune comp uh, compromised systems and they could get this virus. I, I feel concerned that my business is shut down and I don't know when I'll get back to work. So what we say to people, step number one is to write down everything that you're anxious about. Now it's in the physical world, okay? Now, now it's in the physical world. Step two is gonna be, now next to each thing that you're anxious about, write about what potential solutions for that anxiety. Now, there may be some things that you go, I'm, I'm anxious about the spread of the virus, okay? Well, what can you do about it? If someone says nothing, I'll say you're 100% incorrect. You can follow the guidelines we've been given, you can stay six feet from people. You can do it. And all of a sudden we go, oh, okay, okay. I have some control with the virus. Even though I can't control it, if I get it, 
I can start to control. So one of the things about anxiety that people need to know is that if there are steps you can take to eliminate or alleviate or decrease the anxiety, that's what part two is. You know, I, we're working with a lot of couples right now, Ryan, that are coming in and we work via phone and Skype that are coming to me because of the fact that they're already thinking divorce. They're already angry at each other. They're already on each other's throats, you know? And so we, if someone were writing about, I feel anxious that my relationship may not make it, then we go, okay, what's the solution for that? You know, I just did a, a YouTube live this morning on patience during the pandemic. This is something we need to work on. It's the exact opposite of anxiety. Patience is the exact opposite of an anxiety. So we need to be thinking of, you know, this will pass. And this isn't Pollyanna talk. It's just reality. This will pass. But between now and when it passes, I need to make sure I have daily rituals to help keep my anxiety down, my depression down. So number one is writing. Number two, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but we have now a lot of downtime. So walking, you know, if you were to walk six times a day for 10 minutes, that will have the same effect as someone who's walking 60 minutes in a row in regards to weight loss, in regards to release of endorphins. It's amazing what a brief 10 minute walk will do. So if you're not in shape, you've never been in shape, at least get out and that will help diminish anxiety. The last thing I'm gonna tell you about on my wrist, if you can see it, is, well, it looks like a rubber band and you can use a rubber band to start with, but it's something, it's called a HUNA band, H-U-N-A, but it's for a, a psychological technique that we use in counseling called cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. This is fascinating, Ryan. Now, I've used this, I've had a very tough year emotionally, lost some very close people in my life, and every time I've gotten to that space of anxiety where I don't feel like getting out of bed or I'm really upset and frustrated, we go to cognitive behavioral therapy. And I'm going to briefly explain how it works because it's so powerful. Now, you can get a HUNA band. If you just Google H-U-N-A, HUNA bands, you can find out where to get them. They're very inexpensive. Or you can start off with a rubber band. But cognitive behavioral therapy, Ryan, works like this. You have a thought of anxiety. And you notice that the pattern comes back. You're waking up in the middle of the night or you wake up in the morning and the first thing you're feeling is your stomach upset or whatever it might be. Upon the first thought of anxiety, worry, anger, whatever it might be, we snap this band. Now, what that does, it sends a signal to the brain. So a thought occurs in the brain. Believe it or not, the pain signal originates in the brain. So when you have a thought of anxiety that's immediately followed by discomfort, the brain over time starts to go, wait a minute, every time I have this thought, I get stung. And it will start to diminish the amount of anxious thoughts that we have. So there's a lot of different techniques. The first one is journaling. The second is exercise. The third is cognitive behavioral therapy. And by the way, if people go to YouTube and they Google David Essel cognitive behavioral therapy, I take you through a complete video of how to do this so that you're not out there going, I got the band, now what the hell do I do? <laughs> you know, It's like, we take you through the four-step process so people can get educated. So just go to YouTube, Google David Essel, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, and you'll find, I think I did four videos on it. So you brought up a lot of good things there, and I can kind of just throw my questions out because I think we can talk off the top of the top of the chart here. I didn't fully explain, you're also a relationship expert, uh, yeah. and you have a book out called Love and Relationship Secrets. Um, have you found yet that you're having more people call you because they're now together more? 
honestly. Well, that's what's happening, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, they're contacting me because they're all over each other's throats, right? And the reason is, is that they're not used to seeing each other this much. So, yeah, and, and, and it, that's just logical. Like, uh, first of all, I want to go back and say something I said about anxiety. Anxiety is just a normal part of the human experience. There's things we can do to minimize it, so let's minimize it. When you get a couple that haven't been together for, you know, 10, 12, 24 hours a day, for God's sake now, they haven't been together 24 hours a day in 10 or 15 or 20 years, it's a shock. It's a shock to everyone, you know? And so that's where we say having patience, asking yourself the question. You know, I went through this the other day with a couple on Skype and, you know, the guy was going, well, she's making these statements about the virus that aren't true. And I said, listen, if she's making statements about the virus that's not true, as long as it's not some kind of statement like, oh, it's not even here, it's all been made up, why don't you let her be wrong? What's the big deal? So she says the CDC said that 10,000 people have died in China and it's really 12,000. Who cares? That's the type of approach we start to use with our, our, our relationship clients, Ryan, where that we say to people, is it that important for you to be right? You know, do you really have to be right again? And when we start evaluating it from that point of view, imagine this. Imagine a couple that's arguing, they're all over each other, and then one starts to disengage, which is the technique I just talked about, pulling back, there's no need to correct you. I, I'm, you know, we're thinking this in our head, I could correct her or him, but there's no real need. When you start pulling back on your criticism, on your judgment, on your control, watch how your partner positively changes. So that's something I'd like everyone to start to consider. Allow people to be wrong. Allow people to be a little anxious. Like, you know, when we say to someone, oh, don't be anxious. It's not even here yet. Do you think that really helps anyone? Mm. You know, it doesn't help anyone. Say, telling someone not to be anxious doesn't help. But this does help. Tell me about your anxiety a little bit more. Share with me when you're anxious. I'm just going to sit and listen, honey. I'm not going to give you any advice. I just want you to know that you have an outlet in me. I want you to know that when you feel stressed, share it with me, please. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I do want you to be able to come to me. Ryan, that would be one of the most beautiful things that we could do in around the world if you're in a relationship, is to allow people to be anxious, nervous, and not correct them. It's mm. amazing. Yeah. Um, I also didn't explain you were, you were also a Division One basketball player at Syracuse, <laughs> which is that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, in my line of work, which is business, I own a painting company, uh, and I've been fortunate enough to interview also athletes, professional athletes, and it seems like they kind of equate to each other. The same questions are answered the same way, the same kind of pressures. Um, you know, are we going to get another job today? Uh, am I going to make that free throw today? Mm -hmm. um, oh, my God, I'm going to miss another one. Or, oh, my God, I'm going to mess up another job. Um what do we do with all these pressures that are coming at us from all different ways in, in sports and in business? Because there's a lot of them. Yeah, you know, I think the very first thing we do, and for guys, this is really hard, is that we ask for help, Ryan. You know, like, God, listen, if, if, let's just talk reality. No one alive today has ever been through something like this before. No one. Okay, there's no one alive today because the world has never seen something like this before. There has never been a plague, which I'll use the word plague, that has affected the world like the one we're seeing right now. It, it is unbelievable. Because we've never experienced it before, it's okay to not know what the hell to do. And it's also okay to ask other people for support and help. 
you know, like to reach out and say, God, I'm really anxious about my business. I'm anxious about our money. I don't know if we can make it six months or we can't make it six months. You know, as a matter of fact, Ryan, in business, um, three weeks ago, because we saw this coming, we started offering free business consulting on the phone. Anyone that wants free 20 minutes with me, I'm helping people to rebrand their business, reprice their business, to remarket their business, repromote it. You know, we have people from all over the world that I'm working with at no charge for 20 minute phone calls because I want people to know that this is, the, you gotta start thinking. Now in your situation, because the state has cut down your business, there may not be a lot you can do, but anyone that has a small business and you're still able to operate at any level whatsoever, I encourage them to go to our website and to sign up for a session because this is the time, if you still are able to practice your small business, this is the time to start making changes. You know, the, the longer you wait, the way you're way behind the eight ball. Um, you know, just like when we we looked at this, well, I said three about three to four weeks ago, my publicist who you uh, worked with, TJ Toriello, who's amazing, he and I started looking at what was going on around the world. And we said, we need to change our business model right now. I mean, it's it hasn't even hit the U.S. yet. Three weeks ago, four weeks wow. ago, barely, you know, and we already started saying, OK, this is what we're going to do. We're giving away the motivational minute videos for free. Still, we're doing now a quarantine positive thought of the day. We're doing the free business consulting. You know, we, we truly, when you read the thing that we want to lift 2 million people a day, we're doing it, Ryan. Now, prior to this pandemic, we were charging people for things. And now we're saying we have to change our business model. So normally when people work with me with our jumpstart counseling session, it's $100 for 30 minutes. For until the pandemic is over, it's $50. You know, so, I mean, we're cutting everything way back so that we can help more people. We understand the financial stress of not knowing what's going on with our income. So we said, okay, let's do free business consulting. Let's give away the motivational minute for free with a quarantine quote of the day for free. And then let's cut our costs by 50%, our fees by 50%. And this is what we're asking everyone to be proactive in your life and be proactive in your business. Don't wait to change, reach out and ask for help. You know, um, I've had a chance to interview some amazing athletes as well, Ryan. I'm sure we could have some great stories to share with each other. But the athletes that, like Keith Mitchell, I just had him on my radio show a week ago. He's a former NFL All-Pro linebacker from New Orleans. Well, he played with multiple teams, but New Orleans was when he became All-Pro. He was paralyzed during a hit, taken off the field, told he would never walk again. He is one of the top yoga guru instructors in the world today. He is amazing, but I got to tell you something interesting. When you said, like, what a, how are athletes and business people similar? Keith Mitchell asked for help. Mm. He started looking around when he was paralyzed. I, there's got to be some way out of this. There's got to be something I can do. You know, like he was being proactive in his paralyzation, for God's sake. And, and then, you know, miracles can happen. And I think with Keith, it was a miracle. But um, he asked for help. So every person with us right now, if you need help because you're starting to drink more, you know, I just was, did a, a television interview this morning and she came into the office to interview me and she said, David, we're going to change the topic. Over the weekend, I'm watching all my friends on Facebook and everyone is hammered Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like this is self-medication at its worst. And I said, it is. You know, so so we if, if you see yourself starting to eat more, drink more, smoke more, do more drugs, whatever it is, 
That's the anxiety from the PTSD that is setting into our country. Post-traumatic stress disorder, it's already here. It's all, people are already feeling anxious, depressed, nervous. We're overcompensating food, alcohol, nicotine. That's all about PTSD. So what we say is reach out, ask for help. And what we're doing right now is everything within our power, Ryan, to make a difference in as many people's lives as we can. What does the business owner or the um, the father or the mother of a family who's the head of the family, head of the company, um, do to to not freak everybody else out, to put that game face on and make everybody else feel comfortable and everything's going to be OK? That's a great question. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> you know, it is a great question. And, you know, I posted this thing on Facebook yesterday that said, parents, remember everything you say and do, your children are absorbing right now. And it's really true. You know, if you're a parent, you're a role model. You've got to be a role model for your children, which means there's no fighting about who's right and who's wrong. There's no putting the president down or bragging about how great he is. It's like, let's get out of this crap, you know, and let's get unified. So the leader of the family or the leader of the company, you have no excuses. You know, my, I have anxiety about this pandemic like everyone does. I'm going to work through it. I will be open and honest and tell people, hell, I'm just like you. I'm anxious. But I'll also say, and here's the seven things I'm doing to help alleviate some anxiety. And I think that's what leaders need to do. We need to not say, you know, hey, we're going to be fine. You know, and, and, and Ryan, I can't stand that Pollyanna positive crap. You know, when we say hey, everything's going to be fine, we don't know it's going to be fine. You or I might die, Ryan. And I'm not being, you know, uh, morose about this. It's just the reality. There, there's no one that can say we're all going to be fine. So I, what I say is, let's do this. We're going to work through this is much better than we're going to be fine because it says work. We are going to work through this. We're going to change our beliefs. We're going to change our expenses. We're going to decrease expenses. You know, we we went through this as well. I had to cut several of my staff by 50 percent. I'm trying to keep them on at 50 percent. You know, we're trying to to keep money coming into their homes. But I had to do that as a leader of my company. You know, we have uh, 10 or 11 people that work with me and it's all cut, you know, like that's just the reality. But I went to them individually and I said, listen, I am really sorry to have to bring this to your attention. I love your work. This has nothing to do with you, but we are in a very scary economic time and I'm going to have to cut back your, your salary by 50%. Now you can either accept it and I hope you will and stay on, or you can find another job. And if you need to leave, I totally get it. Okay, I really do. Do you know that everyone has accepted it? And you know, then what I had to do is go through my own expenses. And what can I cut here? And what can I cut there? Because you know, yesterday the government came on and said, we have a minimal of 12 weeks left of this restriction isolation. That's three months. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that can suck any bank account dry and you know you have a business, I have a business. Our expenses are a lot higher than your average family. And where I can't get unemployment, being a business owner, I you know there are some staff members that can get unemployment. I, that's not something that I'm going to be able to do. But there are things that we can do to be leaders. And it doesn't mean showing a strong face every time. I mean, if you get anxious and scared with your family, you can say, you know what? As your dad, I'm anxious too. 
Allow them to see you're vulnerable. Allow them to see. And then let's talk about family for a minute. When we work with parents with children, I'm going to tell every parent listening to this right now, do not push your child's anger, anxiety, worry, fear away. Don't tell them it's going to be okay. First, ask them what they're anxious about. Tell me what you're nervous about, honey. What do you, you know, like, well, we're cooped up all the time. I know this is really hard, isn't it? In other words, we're not given answers anymore, Ryan. We're just saying, I want to hear from you. And then I'm going to acknowledge that your pain is real. That allows a child to feel heard, to feel listened to, and to feel loved. Most parents, well-meaning parents, and I'm not saying I'm not putting parents down because we don't know what we don't know. Most parents don't want to get into a discussion. They go, oh, they're just a child. Trust me, just a child today over the age of four years old is not a child anymore. They've been exposed to so much via social media, internet, et cetera. We need to talk to them as young adults and let them know it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be mad that you can't see your friends. I understand that, honey. I'm glad that you shared that with me. Ryan, that's the approach we're encouraging all of our clients to take with kids. Mm. It's a tough time right now. And, yeah. you know, not nobody has the answers, but um, let's move on from that and something a little more positive. Um, what exactly does a sports psychologist do? Oh, you know, this is a great question, man. <laughs> we work with this part of the body only. <laughs> you know, like when I work with athletes, with basketball players, there are times I'll go out and help them with their shots. There are times I'll go out and help them with their defensive moves, free throw shooting. You mentioned that earlier. But the main thing in sports psychology is what are the blocks to performance that we need to remove mentally? Hmm. What are the blocks? So, you know, it, you mentioned free throws, putting, uh, double fault in tennis. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that people can get really hung up on. And most athletes, whether you're a weekend warrior or a semi-pro or a professional athlete, has weaknesses. You know, and a lot of the weaknesses are right here. A year ago, I worked with a professional golfer and his whole he was amazing as a golfer until it got to high pressured putting. And then he melted. He would lose tournament after tournament because of high pressured putting. Now, I don't know anything about putting and strokes. I'm talking to his putting instructor. They've got it down nailed because that's not my expertise. But I went in and helped him eliminate the insecure thoughts that come up every time he's under pressure and putting. And by eliminating and giving him techniques like we talked earlier about cognitive behavioral therapy, which is one of the techniques I taught him, we were able to get him back on track. And it only took about four months to get him back and to change that mindset, which is crucial. So, you know, whenever we, I work with a new athlete, the very first question I say is, what are your blocks? What are your weaknesses? Because your strengths are great. I want to help you eliminate your weaknesses. And that's how we begin the discussion, Ryan. What separates um, the top athletes? They don't have to be professional, but the top athletes from your, your normal, everyday um, baseball, basketball player. If, if you eliminate genetics, the number one separation is that the top players are willing to do what 90% of others will not do. It's that simple. You know, Steph Curry staying after a practice and shooting 100 free throws 
or shooting 150 to 200 jump shots from 35 feet out, <laughs> which is just crazy what that man can do. But he's one of those people that did what 90% of other athletes won't do. You know, um, I remember, you know, in high school, uh, my basketball, I had a couple amazing basketball coaches, one that just beat me to death who I couldn't stand. And he ended up being one of the reasons I played division one because he was so tough on me. But I remember another high school basketball coach. If, do you remember the half glasses? Have you ever seen those in basketball? Um, they're like they're yes. plastic and you can't see down. So you can't see your hands dribbling, you know, like that kind of stuff. So one of my one of my coaches in high school wanted me to wear those during multiple practices. And I told him he was insane. And I said that because I looked stupid in them. Isn't that funny? And he goes, why aren't you going to wear? I go, because I look like an idiot. He goes, do you want to look like an idiot and be a great basketball player or look like a great guy and be an average basketball player? Oh, very interesting point, coach. <laughs> and I started wearing them. And that was one of the things that allowed me to handle the ball at a level much higher than a lot of people at that time. Right. So I think the major thing is, is number one is going to be outside of genetics. Are you willing to do what most people won't do? And then number two is who do you need to hire? Because the people that move on to become great are always those individuals that have additional teachers, additional coaches, whether it's a sports psychologist or a practical um, application of skills. You know, I have a, a professional tennis player I play with every Saturday and I'm nowhere near his level. Um, but I play with him because he's an amazing teacher. And I do know this, that by playing with someone that good, my game is going up every Saturday, every freaking Saturday, Ryan. It has to. I go out on the court. I don't want to look, you know, like I'm a total loser. I don't want to get blown off the court, which he could easily every time. But, you know, I learned so much by going up and playing with people better than me. And that's the other thing, you know, that all all really good athletes do is that they will look for a competition which will force them to up their game. So similar to business again, almost right everything on. you just said. Um, in today's world with social media, I ask this question to almost every athlete that I talk to because I'm so curious and celebrity. How how do they deal with? I know I have when I put videos out or or a, anything out a blog out, and you get feedback. Not a not it's not always uh, as nice as can be. But how does a celebrity or a, a professional athlete deal with that? Because um, you can go on YouTube right now and type in puppies. Puppies are, you know, cute and fluffy and there'll be somebody in there who says, I hate your puppy or your puppy's ugly. How does an athlete or a celebrity deal with that every day? Know, yeah. Most of the athletes and celebrities I work with do not read their own press. They don't pay attention to what people are saying on social media. A lot of them are not on social media, Ryan. You know, for the very reason. But the ones that are on social media, they'll tell me every time I'll say, geez, I saw this, you know, someone critiqued you on this and they go, oh, really? I didn't even see it. Really? <laughs> and, and, and I think that that's important. I think it's important not to take things personally. You know, everyone has a very I shouldn't say everyone. Most of us have a fragile ego. We don't want to be told we're wrong. We don't want to be criticized. We don't want to be made fun of. We don't want to be lambasted by some goofball on social media. But if we're going to be on social media, that's one of the things that happens. So I think you either learn how to roll with it. And what I recommend to everyone, and I do this on, on my pages all over social media, 
if someone is personally attacking me or, or personally critiquing me, I never respond, Ryan. I never respond. Never. Because all that's going to do is get me riled up and it's going to continue the nonsense. So I will tell people, if you are going to post like this again, you will be blocked. I'll put something like that up there, but I'm not going to counterpoint them because there's a lot of people that just want to argue for the sake of argument. They want to argue to be right. They don't care what the topic is. They're going to critique your puppy just like they're going to critique what we're doing with the government with the, the pandemic. And I think it's important to allow things to roll off your shoulders. If there's something to learn from a, a constructive criticism post, then learn from it. Um, but most of the time, it's pretty, if, if you're posting, uh, let's say, non-controversial stuff, if you get negative quotes or comments on non-controversial topics, just let them go. If you're posting controversial topics, well, you should expect that. And it shouldn't bother you. You know, if you want to take a strong stand on uh, the government, the pandemic, uh, the shutting down of major league sports, if you want to say you hate Trump or you love Trump, whatever it is, just expect pushback. And if you're going to get upset when you're posting controversial stuff, that's your gig. That means you don't have very high self-confidence at all because someone with self-confidence knows that if I'm going to go outside of the box and make some pretty strong statements, I'm going to get pushback. I better be ready to learn how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Are you dealing right now with athletes who are, are trying to grasp that their their seasons have been canceled and... Oh, I, I'll tell you what. Yeah, both professional and college. And it's an it's a nightmare. You know, um, think about this in college. Of course, we've missed the March Madness and everything. Uh, this was an opportunity for many athletes to showcase themselves for the pros. That's the truth. And and some of them that I work with are so incredibly downtrodden and, and dejected and depressed right now because they're seniors. And they don't have another year to come back and, to, you know, and to, to make a big statement in the playoffs. So we have to work with them on acceptance, accepting the reality of life, which is sometimes the most difficult form of acceptance to find. It's a tough one. And I, yeah. I, my, my son in general, my son works for um, Rawlings. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he was hit directly because they canceled the College World Series, yeah. um, uh, Major League Baseball. So it's it's affecting everybody, not just the athlete themselves, but the no. people who work with the athletes, um, the concession people, everybody. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So no, I mean the, the trickle down effect of this pandemic is just wild, and and to think, you know, the CDC this morning came out and said we have not even seen the tip of the iceberg. I mean, that's pretty scary. You know, we're, we're in this full lockdown and they're saying we haven't even seen the tip of it in the U.S. We've seen the whole iceberg in China, but we haven't even seen that. that that's a scary thought, Ryan. Mm -hmm. um, your courses. Mm -hmm. how, how would your courses help uh, me as a business person as far as in our company, accountability is is number one for accountability and, and motivation as far as maybe a salesperson. Um, how would your courses help with that? Yeah, you know, what you just said is the whole reason that we are in existence, and that's accountability. Um, we, we have people that I work with in business and in relationship work and weight loss and addiction. And one of the things that they get out of it is that in our, all of our courses, Ryan, we work with people once a week on the phone. That's it. Or Skype once a week. 
in between, they have homework assignments. If it's, you know, looking at their business model or looking at their relationship or looking at their addiction, they have assignments to follow through with until I meet with them the next week uh, on Skype or phone. However, there are some people that need a very high level of touch and accountability to change. And so for them, we offer them to text us seven days a week. Wow. So we, we don't shut down, you know, quite frankly, especially now. I understand the anxiety, the nervousness. So we say to people, hey, if you're in one of our programs and you want to text us on a daily basis, absolutely. If that's going to help you stay accountable, that's going to help you. You know, even if you do, we have a couple right now, right now, uh, Ryan, we've got a couple of clients that just text us mission completed, homework done every day. Or if they don't do it, they'll say mission incomplete. I didn't do X. I will get it done by midnight tonight. So they, when they feel they have to text me every day, they're going to do the work. And that's one of the great things that we offer that brings accountability to a higher level. David, I've always wondered this. Do other people's anxieties and troubles bring you anxiety and troubles? <laughs> As a counselor? <laughs> yeah, um, just in general. Yeah, you know, I, well, I'll I'm going to give you two answers, yes and no, and let me explain what I mean. Um, I was an alcoholic for years doing this work, and so I would go home from work, and at 8.05, my first bottle of wine would open. And the reason, one of the reasons that I drank heavily in the early years of my business was because I didn't know how to handle the question you just asked. I didn't know how to leave my issues with my clients in the office or on the phone or on Skype, you know, I didn't know how to just let it go. So I would go home at night and I'd need to numb myself out so I didn't think about all the pain that I experienced with my eight or 10 clients that day. I got to a point where that I had to change and I did change and I got sober. And in my sobriety, I learned, Ryan, that I can use so many different tools that I teach others on myself to let go of the day and go home without carrying people's excess with me. And that was something that anyone can learn. It takes work, it takes effort, but I think it's a very powerful technique, no matter how you do it, to be able to end the work day and then to be there for your family. Mm. And leave, the, leave your home and be fully engaged in work. Leave work and be fully engaged at home. And that's one of the things that I work with a lot of executives on around the world, you know, they're so hell-bent on creating great business and doing great business that they forget that when they take it all home and they're not emotionally present for their children or their partner, that it's damaging everyone. So it's a great question and we teach people how to do it every day so that they can have a life outside of business. Hmm. Are there psychologists for psychologists? Yeah, as a matter of fact, <laughs> that's a great question. You know, uh, this is going back a long time ago, but, um, I reached a point in my life where one of my fellow counselors, her name was Jackie, um, she's retired now, but I contacted her about an issue that I was having in a relationship and it led into, she call, called me back and said, hey, let's do a trade. You counsel me and I'll counsel you. And oh, I cool. said, awesome, you know? <laughs> and we worked together for a year um, uh, and she was amazing for me and I was, you know, incredible help for her. But yeah, I mean, a lot of us counselors will find other counselors to throw our ideas off of and to talk to because we know we can help others a heck of a lot easier than we can help ourselves, Ryan. <laughs> That's a good answer. Um, mm -hmm. Can we talk about relationships for, for yeah. a little bit? Um, 
why are they so hard? <laughs> that's that's a broad question. Um, what is what's the number one thing that you really come across as far as difficulties in a relationship? You know, people will say that it's, it's communication. You know, we just need to learn how to communicate better. And I'll say, do you have the same problems with all of your friends and all your coworkers and everyone at church? And they'll say, no, it's just him or just her. I'll go, okay, then it's not communication. <laughs> you know, like it, it rarely is it about communication. There's a bunch of answers to your question. In our brand new book, Love and Relationship Secrets that everyone needs to know, we probably give you 50, 60 different reasons of why relationships are very difficult. In the book, Ryan, we prove that 80% of relationships in the United States of America are terrible. Interesting. Mm -hmm. 80%. And we, we, I'll just give you a couple examples of how we prove it. Number one, first time divorce still at 55%. First time marriages, 55% are going to end in divorce. Second time marriages, 62% will end in divorce. Third marriages, 68% will end in divorce. Okay. So the very first thing we have to say is that a healthy relationship in the United States of America is outrageously rare. Only 20% of relationships are healthy. So then why? Well, number one, we bed hop. People don't take time at the end of a failed relationship to examine what they did that needs to be changed, why they chose the partner they chose, why they stayed as long. So instead, to stay in denial that it's not me, it's you, I'm gonna go into another relationship so I don't have to think about the pain. So I don't have to deal with the stuff that I did that may not be healthy. I don't have to deal with... And as we move too quickly into a new relationship, we miss the opportunity to heal. This past week on Friday, I started a new session with a couple and I said to them, they were explaining all the challenges they have and it took them about a half an hour for them to say how they hated this about this, their, their partner and this was a pain in the butt and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of it, I asked this question. I said, and I knew the answer, but I asked it anyway. Is this the first relationship that you've had with dysfunction? <laughs> and the answer is always no. This is the fourth, fifth, sixth relationship. They all end the same. And that's what I'm saying to people. The reason they end the same is because you never slow down to look at what your role is that you need to change to forgive your former partner. And this is a huge one. If we, I don't care if they cheated on you with a hundred people. I don't care if they stole a million dollars from you. I don't care what they did. If you aren't able with a professional to work through and forgive them, you will carry the same resentments at that person to your next relationship. You might think you're not gonna, but I guarantee you, you are. You know, I've been in this field for 40 years, Ryan. We have seen so many things that make it easy for me to give this advice that I'm giving to you. You know, after 40 years of being in relationship counseling, I gotta tell you, man, there ain't nothing I haven't seen, but the patterns that I see are what we write about in the book and what I'm sharing with you. You know, taking more time down, not jumping into a relationship. You know, if you jump into a relationship, that is the, the quickest way to say that you have outrageous insecurity. Because someone who's really secure at the end of a bad relationship is gonna go, time out, man. I need to get back into the right head. I need to get back with my friends. I need to get back with my hobbies that I let go of ever since I've been, you know. In other words, we need to slow it down. If we were just to do this one thing, take a year off at the end of every relationship that ends. I mean, if you've dated someone for a week, you probably don't need a year off, although you might. Um, but, you know, you've been in a relationship for a year or two years or 10 years or 30 years. Take time. 
work with a professional. Don't repeat the same crap because we're all repeating the same crap. New face, new name, new body, same dysfunction. <laughs> is that when is that what you talk about self-love? Is that it's one of the acts of self-love is to take downtime without a doubt. You know, one of the most beautiful ways that you can prove you love yourself is to not jump into another relationship. Yeah. You know, I mean, self-love also is about what we eat, how much we eat, if we exercise, how much, you know, if we pray, meditate, journal, like there's a billion arms to self-love. But in regards to relationships, the number one would be to take the time. And I'm going to keep going back to this work with a professional. You know, find someone that really is schooled, well-schooled with a lot of experience in relationships, and you'll save yourself a lot of headache down the road. How do you let go of that resentment from, from another relationship or even the one you're in? You might have resentment. Yeah. You know, we have a four-step process of forgiveness that we take people through. But I'll just tell you step one because it's the most important one is to write down everything that you can think of, all the resentments that you might have against you, the, the, the person, your current partner or a past one, write down every one that you can, specific, you know, I'm angry that my partner is always late. I'm angry that uh, my former partner cheated on me. I'm angry. In other words, get the emotion out, you know, get it out. The second step that I would like people to think about doing is write down what role might have you had in that dysfunction? This is a tough question because most of the time we're going to say none. You know, I, she was she was the one that he was the one. But more often than not, Ryan, we need to write about the anger and the resentment that we have against this person. But then we need to say, what was my role? So one of the roles that a lot of people play is they stay too long. That might be it. You know, like I, I, just before you, I worked with a brand new couple independently. And I said to the, the husband, I go, what do you think? You guys have been married for four years now. It's been hell on wheels for four straight years. What do you think your biggest responsibility is in this relationship? And he actually had an answer that surprised me. He said, David, I saw these behaviors before we got married and I went through with the marriage. Mm. You know, I saw we weren't a good fit. I saw that this wasn't going to really turn. But he goes, I was too afraid to call it off. So. In our counseling, we prove to people, Ryan, something that a lot of individuals are surprised by. Within the first 90 days of dating someone, you know everything you need to know. If this, need, if this is going to work or it's not going to work, or if there are changes that need to be made, it's all within 90 days. Now, as an example, in the book, you know, I tell a story and I'm smiling right now because she's in a much better place. But a couple of years ago, I helped a woman married for 40 years, three children, I never thought she would get divorced. She found out that her husband was in a 10-year affair. Pretty serious stuff. So they ended up divorcing. And she came to me and just said, I, I don't think I'm ever going to get over this. I don't think I'm ever going to let this go. I don't think I'm ever. And she went on and on and on. She is so comfortable now being single. She's so at peace. We went through the four stages of forgiveness. She's forgiven her former husband. Um, she saw him at uh, about two weeks ago at a wedding. And the first time she saw him after the divorce, her stomach was a mess. And she saw him at the wedding and she was totally calm. She went up and said, hi, good to see you and walked away. But that's because she did the work, you know, and if we don't do the work with resentment, and I said this to her and all my clients, Ryan, I said, if you don't forgive your, I know it sounds like a crappy thing to forgive him when he had the 10 year affair, but let's go back in time. What was your first 30 days like? 
And she stopped dead in her tracks and she said, I've never told anyone any of this. I go, what's that? She goes, do you know what my first date with him was like? She said, he took me to a fraternity. He told me to sit in the living room, he'd be back. He came back four hours later, didn't see him at all. I didn't know anyone there, so I sat there for four hours. And then he said, okay, let's go. No explanation, no anything. She said, David, three weeks after that, same thing happened at a different event. I knew, she said, what you said is true. I knew in the first 90 days that this was not a match, but I went for it anyway. And mm. when we work with Ryan, I, people, it's amazing. You know, people will say, no, our, our relationship was great for the first 90 days. And then when I have them go back and do writing, all of a sudden the memories start coming back and they go, my God. Yeah, he said this about a black guy within the first 30 days that we were together. You know, he said this about a waitress, right? He was rude to a cashier. And I go, and you're wondering why you have a hard time with this relationship? He was sharing it all right in the beginning. As everyone does, Ryan, within 90 days, unless your head is in the sand, which most of ours is in 90 days, right? I yep. mean, you know, because of lust and desire and all this other kind of stuff, we're not seeing the obvious. And that's what I help people do, see the obvious. So if you have a, a couple and one is just open and, and um, not shy and then the other person is shy, quiet and reserved, how do you openly talk about sex? Oh, okay. That's a great question. Um, number one is never talk about sex when you're naked, when your partner is not as comfortable as you might be. Never talk about sex in bed if your partner is not as comfortable as you might be doing having these discussions. The best time to talk about it is when you're driving in the car or you're out for a walk in a non-intimate setting. Hmm. When you're in a non-intimate setting, there's no threat to your partner, right? To the partner that, that doesn't have the, maybe the wording or the experience or the knowledge on how to talk about sex. You know, I mean, a lot of us were raised in non-sexual environments. We didn't see mom and dad holding hands, kissing, hugging as much as what we would consider normal. And so there's a lot of us that are a little behind the eight ball when it comes to it. Some people, because of their religious upbringings, have a lot of guilt around sex. And so that can come into play. But the most important thing is, is to say, hey, listen, you know, we're driving to the grocery store. You know, I would love to kiss longer. I'd love more foreplay. I would love for us just to lay in bed and to just to touch each other's bodies. Are you, would you be open to that? You know, wh whatever it is that's missing. And the other thing I say to people is that when you're presenting a new idea sexually or intimately, start it off with a compliment. You know, when we make love and you look into my eyes, it brings me to heaven. It is so gorgeous. Thank you for doing that. I was wondering, would you be interested in, you know, making love on the kitchen counter? You know, would you be interested in, in other words, and, and setting them up with a compliment is not a game. We're not doing it. We're, we're being open and honest. We're also setting the stage that I want you to feel comfortable talking about intimacy. So I'm going to tell you what I like that you do. That's a beautiful way to begin a conversation around intimacy. And then the other thing is, remember this. Depending on a person's background and experience, they may shut down or shoot down every idea you have initially. Try your best not to take it personally. Instead, only bring up one topic at a time and be willing to revisit that two or three weeks down the road if they say no. We never have any idea of how someone may be reacting from a subconscious knee-jerk reaction, like shutting it down just because they've never talked about it, but they're not really hearing you. 
It's just, uh-oh, we're talking sex. I can't go there. No, the answer is no. And so we say, okay, thanks. I just wanted to bring that up to you. And then we can try it again two or three weeks down the road in a different way, in a different setting, and see if they might be open. Now, if we try it a second time and they still say no, let's let it go. And that's where you may want to work with a professional. That's where you may want to go in and say, hey, listen, you know, we're at different ends of the spectrum. I'm very open sexually and intimately, and he or she is not. Could you help us learn how to bridge this gap? And that would probably be the next best move to make, Ryan. Mm, great advice for a lot of people, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you are completely awesome. <laughs> I have Thank to say you. that. <laughs> what, what, what can we look forward to this year for, for you personally and for your courses and, and, and book and books? Yeah. You know, yeah, well, we have 11 books out now, um, wow. and I usually release one. The last five years, we've released the book every day on January 1st of the year, which means I've got one coming up in a, in a couple months, right? Um, but we will be working on a new book. Right now, because we don't know how long this pandemic is going to last, we're really putting our efforts into supporting people emotionally through this, you know, supporting businesses. So I would say for the next several months, Ryan, we're gonna even get into giving out more information. We're gonna be going into overdrive to try to help so many people that are filled with anxiety to learn how to cope with the unexpected, these random events. And imagine this, if we can help millions of people learn how to accept and move through with some form of civility, this random event, when it's over with, we, our population is going to be stronger than ever. We are going to be more compassionate. You know, um, I really believe this is true. I would love to have everyone with your program praying for everyone in this country. It, it, it can take 30 seconds. And if you don't believe in God, you can still pray. You can have a positive thought. You know, let's, let's have everyone who's sick be healed. Let's, let's, let's put a, a blanket of protection around people that don't have the virus so they don't get it. You know, in other words, I want people to be reaching out mentally, either through positive thoughts or prayer, as a way to help the country engage together. Let's stop bickering over the government, whether you like who's in charge or you don't, I don't really care. And let's drop that and pray that our government and our scientists make the best decisions possible for our population in whole. There's a lot of things that we're gonna be doing, Ryan, along this lineup. We're not going to escape reality. We'll still be talking about things like the pandemic, but we're going to have solutions. Just like your show with me today. You know, your questions have been awesome, and we want people to know that there are solutions out there. You know, unfortunately, you're not going to see what you and I are talking about in the press. Unfortunately, on the ABC Evening News, you're not going to see these type of discussions, which is really unfortunate. So what I, this is why I'm so blessed to be on your show I want to reach out to as many people as we can and share this very common sense approach to healing because we're not going to get it from the government. It's not their responsibility, really, but we're not going to get it from the media either. So you and I, Ryan, are at the forefront of being leaders in this pandemic, bringing out powerful, positive messages every freaking day. Awesome. David, how do we, how do we find you? How can everybody come and find your information? And we'll throw yeah. all the links up, too, for everybody. Oh, good, good. You know, the easiest thing, Ryan, the website is talkdavid.com. Really simple to remember, talkdavid.com. And you can sign up for David Essel's Motivational Minute. It's a free service, Monday through Friday, you, five days a week, you'll get a video on inspiration. If sign, when you sign up for the uh, Motivational Minute, you're automatically gonna get the 
quarantine positive thought of the day. So go to talkdavid.com. And then if you're sitting in your house and you're bored as heck, we've got 11 books you can read. <laughs> Start at any level that you want on the books and read them through. Um, and then if I can help you, you know, our Jumpstart counseling session is 50% off and it's gonna stay that way through the pandemic. If you're a small business owner, we do 20 minutes on the phone for free. So go to the website and let us know how we can support you. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. This is going to help a lot of people. Good. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, Ryan, I had a blast with you. And if we can ever help again, let me know, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much. You bet. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you're looking for social media content for your contracting business, painting contractors, carpenters, electricians, any type of contractor, please check us out on Instagram at Amato Media or check us out on LinkedIn. We can definitely help you all out. So have a great day.